everyone, and welcome back to the Unnamed Sports Show. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm joined by Jason and Jerry. How we doing, fellas? Doing we good, doing man. good. Doing a little good. sad. A little sad after the weekend, but you know. It was a great Bye, weekend Jason. in football. Before we get into that, real quick, don't forget to like, subscribe, leave us a comment, uh, chat with us live here, and follow us on our social media at Unnamed Sports S. You can find us on X, whatever that is, uh, TikTok, and Instagram. We will be there. Come follow us. But yes, as they were alluding to, good weekend of football. The three of us actually all got to go up to Cleveland, uh, watch the Browns beat the Jaguars. And uh, we're feeling pretty good today about it. Eight and five, sitting at the top of the wild card. Jason, coming off the loss, I mean, maybe it'll turn around. Nothing. I'm sorry. Trevor Lawrence shouldn't have played that game, in my opinion. He uh, threw a couple bad balls out there. I think he was still um, not ready to play. But that being said, I had a good time. Fans were booing me a little bit. We had some back and forth talk. Nothing disrespectful. We're not in Philadelphia, but still a good time. I thought so. I thought it was a great time. I loved that uh, they were giving it to you, but you were throwing it right back at all of us. <laughs> you took it well, you gave it well, but at the end of the day, you bore that Miles Garrett jersey out of the stadium. <laughs> oh, tough. tough luck. Tough luck. Jerry, Broncos, another dub. I mean, you beat up on a Justin Herbertless Chargers team, but another win, and you guys are firmly in that wild card hunt. We are in the hunt still, still, uh, still got a couple games to claw back into it, but, uh, Hey, Justin Herbert was in for like the first half and he didn't look good in the first half. We were, uh, we were really putting the pressure on him. I'll tell you where we won the game. We, uh, we stopped the chargers from getting any first downs on third down. They were 0 for 12 on third downs and one for six on fourth down. That's, that's, that's where we won the game right there. Absurd. Yeah. It's actually interesting. The, Browns and the Broncos are the number one and number two team in the NFL. Browns number one. And third down defense. The Broncos right now are only allowing 32% of a third down conversion rate, Mm -hmm. which is crazy, especially considering they lost the game by 50 points this year. And they still, not to always bring that up, but it's like anytime you have a stat where you're top five, it's like how you guys lost the game by 50. You gave up 70. How is your defense anywhere in this ranking? It's uh, it's pretty incredible. The Browns right now at twenty nine percent third oh down conversion rate. That's just absurd. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. But a lot more games to get to uh, from this weekend. Uh, we start the Patriots beat the Steelers on Thursday night. What an amazing game! No team in the history in the NFL has ever lost back to back games to two win teams after being over five hundred. And to think they lost to the Cardinals and the Patriots. And the Patriots scored 21 points in the first half. They hadn't scored 21 points total in the last three games before that. <laughs> I think I, I think I have a clip last week of where I said if uh, you would get beat by the Patriots, I think your coach needs fired. And uh Stays true to today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My sit last week was Ezekiel Elliott 
that really uh, that really went <laughs> out the window the first drive of the game. Steelers losing back-to-back games against two win teams at home, by the way. At home. It's what? not good. It's not good. It's very bad. The Steelers are bad. They are going to tank the rest of the season. Their wide receivers aren't coming off the ball. They're not blocking. We move on to the Buccaneers and the Falcons. This one came down to the wire. Baker Mayfield led a last-minute drive, went up uh, 29-25 with just 30 seconds left. There was a shot. Desmond Ritter threw a ball just short to Drake London, who was tackled on the four-yard line as time expired. Final score, Buccaneers take that firm spot in the a- or NFC South. Uh, the Bengals and Colts. Bengals 34, Colts 14. Jason, is Jake Browning the guy? Who is this man? Like I said last week, uh, I think he has the confidence now. Um, Again, working with quarterback gurus, and uh, I think he has the confidence to be a good, solid quarterback in this league, and he could be a top 32 quarterback in the league right now. Pretty incredible to think. And with the weapons that that team has on offense and the solid defense they have, who says they can't make a run here? They're seven and six. I mean, they can make a run coming down the stretch here as well. Their big problem is that they're zero and three in the division right now. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to figure out how to win these last uh, three division. They may be zero. Yeah, no, they're zero and three. Uh, they'll have to figure out how to win these last three division games. They got the Steelers, obviously the Ravens and the Browns. Uh, all three teams left to still play. Uh, Next game, Browns-Jaguars. We were at that game. By the way, uh, we didn't mention it, but we have a vlog that's coming out of our entire time this weekend. We go over the Heisman, the MLS Cup, the Columbus Crew one, and then uh, uh, the whole game on uh, Sunday with the Browns and the Jaguars. So make sure to check that out on YouTube. It should be released uh, either tonight or tomorrow. Uh, The next game, Saints beat up on a bad Panthers team. Nobody watched that one. Jets, Texans, 30 to 6. CJ Stroud, worst game probably as a professional so far and goes down with a concussion. Are the Texans toast or do you think they can skate by the next couple of weeks before CJ Stroud gets back, Jerry? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, they haven't completely ruled him out this week yet, I don't think. So if they get him back, they, they have a chance. Um, but if Nico Collins is also out for an extended period of time, it's gonna be it's gonna be bad. They're also without Dalton Schultz, so they, they're just gone for the season. Yeah, they're just losing weapons left and right. Um, I don't know. It might be it might be too late, especially if CJ Stroud isn't hundred percent. I I just don't see it happening. I don't I don't know, man. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, they already didn't have a great weapon room, and then now they lose all three of their main targets, as well as one of the best-performing quarterbacks in the NFL and one of the most uh, electric rookies we've seen in a while. It's hard to tell. It's hard to see them being able to turn it around with Davis Mills. Uh, The next one, one of the best games of the weekend, Ravens-Rams. We obviously couldn't watch it live. I'm sure we all watched it back later because we were at the Browns. Uh, Jaguars game, but the Ravens win on a walk-off punt, Jason. We haven't seen one of those. Only five of those has ever happened in NFL history. Two of them this year. True. Um, I think the Ravens kind of got bailed out a little bit. Um, the Ra- Lamar Jackson was playing a great game, but their receivers uh, can't catch anything. Uh, they need to get some stick them on their gloves because they are dropping balls left and right. Um, I do believe they still are fine. They're going to win this game, these 
next few games. Except for this next one, because they got the Jags. <clears throat> Trevor Lawrence is going to come back, prove that he's a top-ten quarterback, and we're going to come out victorious against the Ravens this week. I'll tell you what, that would be tough to lose to three of the four AFC teams back-to-back, to AFC North teams back-to-back-to-back. Uh, especially at one point, you guys were 8-3. and three. So, mm. tough, but... Who knows? I'm rooting for you guys because if you guys win, that helps us potentially win the division. Uh, Moving on, we got the uh, Bears and the Lions. Justin Fields makes a heck of a effort in this one. Tie game, 13-13 at halftime. He turns around and uh, a mixture of both their offense playing well together, converting a fourth and 13 for a touchdown to DJ Moore. And their defense playing complimentary, forcing turnovers. Uh, Jared Goff has 10 interceptions this season, five of which coming against the Bears. So they are forcing turnovers, exactly. And uh, they dominated the team that everyone thought was in that echelon with the Eagles and and the 49ers in the NFC. And it's becoming very clear that the Lions, while much better than they normally are, are not, I don't think, they have not gotten to the point where you can consider them that A-plus tier of the NFC. Uh, Moving on, the most boring game of all time, Vikings-Raiders 3-0. Haven't had a game that low scoring, I think, in 50 or 60 years. I saw the stat the other day, but I'm not remembering it. I was really Uh, rooting for the 0-0 tie there. That would have been amazing. It was was so close. (laughs) Absolutely amazing. Um, 49ers Seahawks 49ers uh, continue their streak of dominance against Drew Locke 28-16 Drew Locke, former Bronco came out, he didn't play too bad did he Jerry? I mean Yeah, he played okay Um, Unfortunate that DK Metcalf gets uh, ejected from that game for his shenanigans with uh, Fred Warner, which I thought was kind of funny to watch because DK is like now the ultimate diva wide receiver you know kind of that we've had in the past and he's becoming that guy. Uh, but the 49ers are going to be the 49ers, even on a Brock Purdy interception. Um, that really wasn't his fault. Uh, you know, they still ball out Debo Samuel with a huge touchdown. Uh, everything that everybody was saying about Brock Purdy's, you know, screen passes that go for 50 yards. You can also air it out the ball. So it was, uh, it was nice to see from them. And that kind of helps, uh, kind of helps Brock Purdy's MVP case. I think. Absolutely. And again, beating a good division opponent by double digit points, just stack it to the amazing resume the 49ers have put together this season. Jason, sorry, I'm going to throw this next one to Jerry too, because I know he wants to talk about it. The Bills beat the Chiefs 2017 off of a controversial offsides call and Patrick Mahomes can't stop complaining about it. Jerry, are they falling apart in Kansas I, City? I don't know what you mean by controversial because Kadarius Tony was about 60 yards offsides. How can you complain? You notice they're not complaining about him not being offsides. They're complaining about them actually throwing the flag, right? Because he is clearly offsides if you look at the if you look at the replay of it. Patrick Mahomes is the biggest freaking crybaby I've ever seen in my life. How are you going to be so disrespectful and unsportsmanlike to Josh Allen in the postgame? That was the worst effing call I've ever seen. I can't believe they threw the flag. Worst effing call. Get the hell out of here, man. You're a freaking crybaby. Your team sucks this year. Your receivers can't catch the ball. They can't even line up on onside for God's sake, dude. Get out of here, man. Get out of here. We're coming for that AFC West division title. We're coming for it. 
You heard it here first. AFC West, division champs, Denver Broncos. Patty I'm Mahomes. I, we can't unbiased curse, but we can't analysis. curse. <laughs> unbiased analysis from our, uh, our in-studio. He's not even good, Broncos bro. He's not even good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Unbiased. Uh, I, I will say I saw something the other day or today, actually, that Dan Orlovsky pointed out six times during the game that Kadarius Tony lined up offsides and mm-hmm. they didn't call it any time previously or talk to Andy Reid about it. Now, this is a cop out. This is for sure. Like, dude, you're a veteran in the NFL. You should know how to line up on sides. I'm not I'm not suggesting that. But it does raise the question, why wasn't this called anytime earlier? It's the same thing as the at the beginning of the season, the Chiefs-Lions game, where their tackle was clearly lining up in the backfield, like 10 no, yards no, back in the backfield. And yet they didn't call the penalty until third down in the fourth quarter. So <laughs> it, I, I will say the fact that it wasn't called previously, I don't understand that. Well, he was still lined up offsides. He was lined up offsides. And also, like, we are all in agreement that NFL officiating is very spotty and inconsistent all around the board, not just on those offside calls. I mean, you have so many pass interferences that are called that shouldn't be, and then you have ones that should be called, but they're not called. And there's a holding on every play. It's not called. You know, it's it's give or take. It's so inconsistent. I think. I think the the league really needs to take a look at the officiating. It's been I feel like it's been remarkably bad this year. Personally. Yeah, it's been, it's been pretty terrible and uh full-time refs. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Full-time <laughs> refs. Okay, we already talked about the Broncos, Chargers, Cowboys, Eagles. Cowboys dominate the Eagles. Uh, they have not lost a game at home yet this year. They look like they're finally hitting their stride. They are they ho- probably them and the 49ers are definitely the two hottest teams right now in the NFL. Jerry, what is Jerry? Jason, I apologize. What has made the Cowboys so I I can take it from here, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, what has made the Cowboys so dominant during this run? Uh, I believe it is to be quarterback play. I think Dak Prescott has been the best quarterback um, in the league this year. Um, they have, and they've figured out their offense. They have a good flow. Um, when the passing game has been a little off, I think uh, Tony Pollard has stepped up a little bit in those situations. They have a tight end who looks to be a very dominant player um, as a, as a rookie this year. Um, I do believe that they have the key pieces that they need to be successful. We'll see how much they can make a run. They could they could win their division. I did see, though, that if both the Cowboys and the Eagles win out, the Eagles would actually take the division because uh, the Cowboys had lost to the Arizona Cardinals earlier in the season. And the <laughs> – yeah, embarrassing. And the Eagles had lost to the, the Jets in the AFC, so their, their conference record would be better. But uh, – yeah, I mean, if they take the five seed, I feel bad for whoever wins the NFC South because they're going to get run ruled in the first game. <laughs> mm-hmm. It will not be close. It won't even be within spitting distance. Uh, so to wrap up uh, from Monday night, we had a double header at the same time, which doesn't make any sense, but I guess that's what the NFL wants to do. Uh, we had the Paisano, Tommy DeVito. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. <laughs> well, I'm funny, funny like a clown. I amuse you. 
I don't know if we're allowed to make movie references or not on YouTube, but we just did. Uh, the Giants beat the Packers 24-22 in, in a surprising game. Everyone thought the Packers were going to come in and dominate. They did not. Uh, the, the Paisano himself led them to victory. And then the other Monday night game, an absolute wild comeback for the Titans. Right. Down, uh, were they down 14? Yeah, they were down 27. I think they were down 15. 15. Yeah. I think. I may be wrong on that. It's 14, but they scored 15. That's why they won. Yeah, Yeah, good call. Yeah, imagine going for two and it worked. I know. Yeah, uh, unbelievable. (laughs) Um, They were down 27-13 with three minutes left and scored back-to-back touchdowns uh, to score or to win and one of them with a two-point conversion to win 28-27. It's funny. They showed an interesting graphic on – they said no team uh, since 2016 has been down by 14 points in the final two minutes of a game and come back and won the game. But it's funny that they picked 14 points because I remember a team that was down uh, 13 <laughs> points with a minute and 30 left with no timeouts that beat the Cleveland Browns this year. That quarterback now is starting for the Cleveland Browns. It's funny how the world works, but that wraps up all the games from the weekend. Again, an amazing weekend of football and everything is still wide open for most teams. That's what I think is most surprising about this year. It's Mm. like there's maybe three teams that have separated themselves from the rest. Everything else is is up for grabs. And even the three teams like the Ravens could technically still lose the NFC or AFC North at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The AFC has got There's, six, seven and six teams right now. It is yeah. crazy. There's there is 24 teams. I believe that are still able to make it to the playoffs right now. And that's insane to think about. And we're going into week 15. Is that right? Yeah. 15. Yep. Week Gosh. 15. Crazy That's season is rapidly. I know the season's rapidly coming to a close. We only got four games left, folks. Four games for four weeks of games, not four total games, but four weeks of games left. Make sure to appreciate it. We're starting to get Saturday games this week, which is going to be amazing. Moving on to our next segment, we have uh, we're changing it up. This, I think, might be become our rotating segment. Maybe we'll figure something to keep here permanently. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. But we're starting this week with each of us have put together a list of our top 10 quarterbacks in the league currently that are active. So players like Kirk Cousins, Justin Herbert are not going to be included in this because Deshaun Watson, because they're all out for the season. But players that are currently active or will be act, you know, like CJ Stroud's uh, on the list, but he's someone that'll be coming back. So all of us put together a top 10 and uh, we're going to just show those to you and then debate a little bit amongst uh, each other's lists. You know, see if we can come in with the real list, the best list. And we're probably going to start with that right now with mine. I got at number 10, Trevor Lawrence had a pretty good season tough day against the Browns. three picks not great number nine jared goff again these two probably would have been higher up earlier in the season but because of these last couple weeks they've kind of fallen off a little bit trevor lawrence had a good game against the Bengals, but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yep and uh jared goff has looked like a fraud but yeah go ahead no continue 
for the majority of the season. Who has a better record? Oh, yeah, the Lions do. Uh, who's done better at home? Oh, yeah, the Lions have. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, quarterback stats. Mm. All quarterback stats. Yeah. Mm. Who has a better touchdown to interception ratio? Jared Goff. So, I, I mean, who has more yards? Jared Goff. <laughs> like, what are we? What are we talking about here? Uh, number eight, C.J. Stroud. He's had an amazing rookie season. He looks great. Number seven, Jalen Hurts. Uh, he's been a little up and down this season. Some games he's looked fantastic. Other games he has looked less than fantastic. But I'll tell you what, his team right now is ten and three. They are. Uh, for the most part, finding ways to win games the last two weeks, barring the last two weeks. And he has spurts where he looks even better than he did last year. And then he's having a little bit of a fumbling problem, which is why he's not higher up on this list. He was an MVP favorite for through the first 10 weeks of the season. He's fallen off a little bit. Have him at seven. Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. at number six. Lamar has kind of stayed steady all season. He's been very solid. Their team has only been trailing in the fourth quarter in one game this year. Ironically, even though they have three losses, the only game that they were trailing in the fourth quarter is actually a game that they won. But he's looked great, even without his top uh, pass catcher in Mark Andrews. He's really uh, elevated Zay Flowers. Odell's starting to come along. Uh, Rashad Bateman kind of is looking like a bust in the first round, but we'll see if he can put it together before the end of the year. But the Ravens are just a really good team. Number five, Patrick Mahomes. He's the best quarterback um, in the NFL if you take the, that last couple of years. This year, he's having an off year. Partially yeah, he's a big crybaby. Partially attributed to the fact that uh, his receivers don't know apparently how to catch the football, how to line up on sides, any of that stuff. And he's clearly becoming frustrated with only being able to trust Travis Kelsey. That's not to say he hasn't still been great. He still has been pretty fantastic, but not the normal number one Patrick Mahomes. Uh, number four, Tua. Tua's also looked pretty fantastic this season, but... I think a lot of people could look fantastic if they're throwing to Tyreek Hill. Having said that, Tua has one of the most accurate has been one of the most accurate passers over the last two years. And when he stayed healthy, which he has this year, he has been crushing it in yards. Right now, he's number two in the NFL in total yards. And again, he is that upper epsilon this year and a sort of dark horse MVP candidate. I think the two people at the top of all of our lists are kind of the top two uh, to win it this year. But don't be surprised if Tua has a good couple weeks here to see his name start sliding up that. Uh, Number three, Josh Allen. Josh Allen has had a little bit of an interception problem this season, but when he's not throwing interceptions, he's falling out of bounds backwards and hitting someone (laughs) dead in stride or throwing a touchdown. He uh, is tied for first in the NFL in re- uh, quarterback rushing touchdowns. And he, I believe, I'll have to relook again, but I'm pretty sure he's number one or he's top three at least in total touchdowns scored. He makes fantastic plays with his arm. It's kind of unbelievable, actually, to see him throw the football. Uh, so he comes in at number three. And then your top two, I think you could have either of these guys kind of one. They're like 1A, 1B this year. Both of them have fantastic teams around them. you got Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott. Brock Purdy has had a fantastic season. I think a lot of people view him as a game manager. But if you watch that pass to Debo Samuel in the game last week, 45 yards down the field, on the line, Debo doesn't break stride. It's like... 
Yeah, uh, Jacoby Brissett couldn't do that. You know, someone that's coming in there to just manage a game is not doing that. That is a good quarterback. Mm. He's had a great season, even with the talent around him. And number one, Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott has totally surprised me this year. After leading the league in interceptions last year, he decided I should probably stop throwing it to the other team and start throwing the ball to C.D. Lamb. He has done that, and C.D. Lamb's had his best season, and Dak Prescott is currently having his best season. These are my top ten. Take it. Or leave it. <laughs> I, I agree with a lot of Ryan's. Him and mine I, are very I, similar. So. so so is mine and his as well. Like I think the only difference is the bottom I have uh Justin Fields and Matthew Stafford. He has Jared Goff and Jalen Hurts. Other than that, it's it's pretty close. Like Josh Allen is a little higher on his list than mine, but that's about it. Um that being said, uh to think me personally, CJ Stroud has had a better season. That's all I'm going to say about that. Then okay. Who? Then Jalen Hurts, I said. Oh, I didn't hear the Jalen Hurts. Sorry, you cut out a little bit on my headset. Uh, CJ Stroud's had a fantastic season, but you can't just have a four-game stretch and be like, yep, he's better. His four-game stretch is better than any four-game stretch that Jalen Hurts has had. But if you look at the whole season and what Jalen Hurts means to his team, and CJ Stroud means a lot to his team. Remember, he was one spot behind. We're not talking like yeah. you know, fifth mm-hmm. and 20th here. CJ has mm-hmm. been fantastic. But I think if you look at what Jalen means to his team, if you look at his rushing ability and you look at uh his durability playing through injuries now cj obviously just got injured it's a concussion like hard to avoid that stuff but his durability plays through injuries has had fantastic games and has his team tied for first place in the nfc that's why i gave the edge to jalen fair all right on to the correct list We are starting with my most controversial pick in this top 10 list. At number 10, and let me explain how I decided. It's more of a recency bias, I will say. Yes. That being said, like we do with our power rankings, this is like next week, if I want one of these quarterbacks to be on the field, who do I think is going to perform better? And I think Justin Fields rounds out my top 10 at number 10. And the reason because, yes, again, Winning is a quarterback stat, only quarterback stat. It only matters to the quarterback, yes. No. Justin Fields is a playmaker, is probably the most dynamic quarterback in the league right now. Um, With the ball in his hands, I think he um, is able to um, I think he's more dynamic than Lamar Jackson is? Absolutely. And Josh Allen is? Yes. No. At At their peaks, Justin Fields has a higher peak than any quarterback in this league in my opinion is he there yet no but will he be there i do believe so um this being said justin fields has the arm talent has the is probably the most him okay you can say lamar is just as athletic but i think um justin fields will eventually a lot like dak prescott where he's missing his his drops his I think the best, the biggest difference between last year and this year for Dak Prescott is his uh, cadence. A one, obviously. Here we go. Well, yes, that helps him. That he explains it himself. That helps him a lot. And then also, once he gets back to his backdrop, the ball is out of his hand every time. That gets you less than that. 
He gets the ball out of his hands probably less than 2.7 seconds every time. I think that's been the biggest issue with uh, Justin Fields um, so far. I think that's a pretty easy fix, as you saw from Dak having the most interceptions to being an MVP candidate this year. I think, but we're talking about this year anyways. So, that being said, this year, um, when we've had seen Justin Fields, he has carried this Bears team. Him and DJ Moore, the great additions. I think Justin Fields playing kind of out of his mind, but nobody really wants to give him the credit because everyone's like, oh, they're going to get a top pick. Blah, blah, blah. No. Matthew Stafford, second. After he came back from his injury, has looked incredible. Yes, he has great weapons to throw the ball to, but some of the throws that he's making is crazy. Also, some of the catches, but you have to have the throw to make the catch. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence, again, I'm not a stat warrior. I do not look at stats. This, Yes, last week, terrible game. Again, I don't think he should have been playing last week. That being said, if we look previously a couple last couple weeks, dude has been playing out of his mind as well. He is very accurate, is making the smarter decisions not to force the ball, except for again last week, we'll talk about that, <clears throat> to force the ball and the coverage, uh, especially in the red zone. He's looked really efficient in the red zone, um, <clears throat> whether that is deciding to take off and run um, or not just not forcing throws again. Um, next, we have Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, like Ryan said, is a top, is the best quarterback in the league. Yes, no doubt. But again, off year, um, that I think has a lot to do with weapons. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson has probably been one of the more consistent quarterbacks this year. Hasn't had the flashy stats. But again, consistency is carry, uh, carrying his team. And also, like if he had the help of some some more if he had more depth at wide receiver if he had honestly just people that could catch the ball like the, the, the their drop rate is terrible for the ravens josh allen josh allen i always give flack to he's in my top five why is he in my top five he's played amazing uh again like ryan said bar the turnovers that everyone to f- focus in an eagle eye on um, he's he's been carrying this team as well. He um, especially that Eagles game. If you look at pretty much everything but that interception he had, you look at all those plays that he was making, ridiculous. CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud. He had a play this week against the Chiefs where it was fourth down, and he literally just stops, pump fakes three times, and mm-hmm. then like with just his wrist. Throws 20 yards on a line. I mean, it was absurd. I didn't mean to interrupt, but. No, you're good. You're right. Yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, he is very dynamic. Again, I think at each other's peaks, I just believe Justin Fields has the higher peak. That's all I'm going to say about that. Do I think Josh Allen is more dynamic right now? Absolutely. Um, But that being said, he's at five. Justin Fields at 10. Don't fucking throw my name in the mud. All right. CJ Stroud. <laughs> oh, sorry, guys. Uh, right, it's okay. We'll edit it out. It's fine. Your ears at home. <laughs> okay. CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud is at number four for me over Josh Allen, over Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and you don't see Jalen Hurts here at all. Um, CJ Stroud is top four for me because I do believe it. For the same reason he believes that Jalen Hurts is the reason his team is winning. I believe CJ Shroud is completely the reason why his team is um, If you were to tell me before the season started that Nico Collins, Tank Dell, 
would have been so dynamic this year, I would have said, you're lying. You're lying. It's not going to happen. Dalton Schultz? Was he great with the, with the Cowboys? Absolutely not. Did he have a good quarterback? Yes, he did. Does he look great this year before he gets injured? Yes. Mm-hmm. I believe C.J. Stroud has taken this team, given them a reason to be successful and want to win, um, and has done it in an impressive way with his throwing ability. Um, a lot of people wanted to put, we ain't going to say no names, but Bryce Young and Will Levis and um, Richardson above him. And bef- like a week before the draft started, he went from second to possible first to second to not even the fourth best quarterback. Like, you're kidding me. Obviously, that didn't end up happening. But watching him at Ohio State, I kind of saw this coming. Very accurate with the ball. Um, more athletic than people give him uh, credit for. And I believe uh, he will be a perennial top five quarterback. Top ten, at least. Probably top five quarterback in this league. Tua, um, what can you say? When you, when you, when you got the, all the fast guys in the ball, it's easy to play quarterback, is it not? Um, that being said, um, yes, I have to make the throws. And he's able to make them very accurate. Um, that's really all you need to say. Like he's just played great, um, and I hope he stays healthy. But top three right now: Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott. I'm going to say one and two. Brock Purdy's look good. Don't get me wrong. He's he has impressed me um, a lot more than I thought he was going to this year. But again, the steps that Dak took from last year to this year impresses me more than what Brock Purdy has shown individually himself. Team-wise, I think Brock Purdy obviously fits his team so well, um, knows the system well. Um, he was explaining the same play that you were talking about, um, throws it to um, Debo deep for that 50-yard catch. He's explaining what he saw from the safety. He's like saying, say, safety creeps up. I immediately, um, if this ball's not even supposed to go to him, I immediately look to Debo, throw it deep. Like, um, smart quarterback, has a good arm. A lot of people think he doesn't have arm strength. I mean, Arm strength is more than just throwing the ball far. It's also velocity, and he has all of that. He has the full package. That being said, I think Dak Prescott offers a little bit more, A, with his legs. Um, and again, I think Dak Prescott just has this ga- the game figured out finally. I think we this is the D- Dak Prescott you will be seeing for the rest of his career. Again, whether that's because of his cadence, because of his drop back, um, I think he has everything clean. He has the weapons, and he's able to make every throw. That's the correct top 10, and if uh, you don't like it, you're wrong. I don't like it. I don't either. Leave it. Leave it. Okay. You guys already saw the top list. Do we even need to, Jerry? We, I mean, I, I, I can Jerry, speed run it if you want me to. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Jerry, what do you got for us? All right, I'm going to start from the top and go down. I think... You know, we've already hammered out Dak and Brock. It's it's pretty clear one and two right now. I put Tua at number three. When you got when you have guys like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, uh, Moser and Achan coming out of the backfield, it's pretty easy to play quarterback. Like Jason said, 
just throw the ball up. They're going to go get in. They're going to run for a million yards. It's it's pretty easy to play quarterback. But Tua is also making a lot of good decisions back there. He is taking care of the ball, um, and he's doing a really good job of reading plays. When they do their RPO, he's doing a really good job of knowing when to hand the ball off, when to pull it and run it, and also when to hit that slant route, maybe even pitch it to the outside. He's just a smart quarterback. Um, you know, I agree with Jason with what happened last year with his uh, with his concussions. I just hope he stays healthy um, and doesn't, you know, doesn't have that happen again because if it does it's it could be very serious so um good to see from Tua I have Lamar Jackson at number four when you have the one seed in the AFC uh you're leading your division piloting a team um like the Ravens even with the amount of drop balls that they've had this year uh they're still pulling out games and Lamar Jackson you know Ryan said it best he's just a solid quarterback you know what you're getting out of him week in and week out he, he's going to deliver. It's up to the guys around him to kind of support him. And it's good, also good to see that the Ravens have put guys around him in OBJ, Zay Flowers. Uh, and even without Mark Andrews, they're still really, really playing well. Um, again, you don't get to the number one seed in the AFC without being a pretty good team with a good quarterback. So it's good to see. I have CJ Stroud at number five. Um, up until this week, CJ Stroud was playing like an MVP candidate. I wouldn't say, obviously, he was the favorite, but definitely in the conversation. Uh, unfortunately, I think that's out the window after this week. Uh, but still playing uh, really good ball, especially for uh, the number two pick being a rookie. Uh, he's really made strides within the last couple of weeks. Um, even in the absence of Tank Dell against the Broncos, he lit it up with Nico Collins. I think Nico Collins had like 190-something yards. Was that is that correct? Like, just unbelievable um yeah he's playing playing very good ball uh at Ohio State he was good I, I agree with Jason I don't know why he didn't go number one he was number one all season up until uh like a couple weeks before the draft and then the Panthers you know, you're seeing how that's working out for him now Josh Allen sorry go ahead Ryan oh I was just tying in like the it's surprising but it's not surprising because Justin Fields was the number two pick for his for all the whole year and mm -hmm. even talks about ooh does because Urban Meyer's going to Jacksonville are they going to take him instead and then he falls all the way back in the draft and is the fourth quarterback taken doesn't make much sense Ohio State quarterbacks hopefully now we get a little bit better rep but anyway continue please yeah, no, I agree. Um, Josh Allen at number six. Uh, you know, he's he's the guy. He's going to take some risks. Um, we've seen that this year, and he takes he takes a lot of them. And sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. But he's also a very dynamic dynamic quarterback. He can run the ball. He's sneaky fast, like a guy that big you wouldn't think is that fast, but he can, <laughs> he can run the ball. And he's also not afraid to get physical and put his shoulder <laughs> into somebody. Come on, we're not using sneaky fast for Josh Allen. Get out of here, bro. <laughs> we're not using not, okay, come on. He's how big that dude is. Fast. He is sneaky fast. Him and Baker Mayfield have the same 40-yard dash time. Yeah. I am. <laughs> okay. Sure. He's sneaky fast. I'm confused on what you disagree oh, with. It's sneaky fast. Huh? Ridiculous. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Whatever. All right. Sneaky fast and physical. Likes to likes to get in the game. Likes to take a hit. He's just probably going to get hurt bad one of these days. Um, but again, a guy that. You know, he's leading the league. I looked it up, Ryan. He is leading the league in total touchdowns. Um, I think he has 35. Jalen Hurts is 
second, I believe, with 31. Yeah, he's um, not that good, though. Push, push. Tush, push, baby. Hey, if it works, it works. I agree. Fix it. I agree. All right, number seven, Patrick Mahomes, my least favorite quarterback in the league. Cry baby. His team sucks. His wide receivers can't catch the ball. He's bad, quote, unquote. He is bad. That's why he's number seven. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, look, we all know what Patrick Mahomes is. At the end of the day, there's probably going to be an argument to be made once his career is over that he could go down as the best quarterback of all time. It's, you know, he's already got two Super Bowls under his belt. The guy can play lights out. He can get the job done, even if he sounds like Kermit the Frog. But <laughs> this year, not so much. He doesn't have anybody to throw to besides Travis Kelsey. And with Isaiah Pacheco out last week, they couldn't really run the ball. Even with the lights out defense that they have, they are sitting at 8-5, and five, only one game ahead of the Broncos for the division. The Broncos, who started 1-5 and five this year. Got to play better, Patty. Number eight, Matthew Stafford. Coming out of his injury and getting Cooper Cup back, he's played amazing. Leading his Rams team, I think they were sitting at 3-5, and 2-5 and five maybe. Now they're in the playoffs. They're in the seventh seed, I believe. Sixth seed, sorry. They're in the sixth seed. With a guy like Puka Nakua who came out of nowhere, just absolutely lighting it up. And when you have a Super Bowl winning quarterback like Matthew Stafford, anything can happen. Those guys are going to make the playoffs. Number nine, probably my most controversial spot, Jalen Hurts. If you had asked me four weeks ago, Jalen Hurts probably would have been the number one guy. He has not played well. Since the Chiefs game, they did not look good against the Chiefs. They did not look good in the first half against the Bills. It takes them too long to get up and running. Even if he's you know, second in touchdowns, that's fine. He's got to step his game up here in the next couple of weeks if he wants to earn a little bit more respect from my top 10 list. And then you got number 10, Jared Goff. Probably the most inconsistent quarterback over the last couple of weeks. Just... I, I don't know where where to start. He just keeps turning the ball over. But then he'll have a game where he's selling for 300 yards and four touchdowns. You got to be better. You got to be more consistent if you want to be in that upper echelon of teams, upper echelon of quarterbacks. I think he is very good. I would take him over Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields any day of the week. Sorry, Jason. But got to play better. And that's my top 10 list. That's a pretty good top 10 list. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I think Jalen Hurts is too low. I think you have, when you play literally three of, actually really all top 10 teams all right in a row, very difficult to be consistently good. But still, good list. Good list from all of us. Uh, Good work, guys. Not bad. Good work. Now for a segment where we come together. We work together. A recurring segment. Something we've been doing since the start. Okay, this is a day one operation. And these are the power rankings. Now, we were arguing who had the best list, who had the this, who had the that. These are the correct power rankings. And again, we take all of us, uh, our own power rankings list, we aggregate it together. We put it in a math machine. The math machine spits out these numbers. And here we go. At the bottom of the league, we got the Panthers at 32, Patriots at 31, Cardinals at 30, Commanders at 29, 
Chargers at 28, Raiders at 27, Jets at 26, and Giants. Giants at 25. Giants now officially fighting for a wild card spot, Jason. Is the Paisano, is the Italian, is the Mafia man? Is he going to turn this thing around? I mean, he kind of seems to already have. Will they make that backdoor slide into the playoffs this year? I don't believe so, but uh, forget about it, you know? Forget, forget about, about it. Forget about it. Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't think they put themselves in a good place to make it to the playoffs. I mean, eight losses already. Yes, the NFC is weak, but, I mean, you basically have to win out the rest of the each game to make it to the playoffs at this point. Very true. Mm -hmm. Very true. But I'll tell you what, it's funny watching a guy that nobody even knew who he was take the NFL by storm just because he's Italiano and he's better than Dan, Danny Dimes. The guy still lives with his mom. I and know. Doesn't Pretty awesome. make $40 million. <laughs> Pretty mm. awesome. Our next uh, set of teams at 24. We have the Titans at 23, the Bears, 22, the Falcons, 21, the Saints, 20, the Pittsburgh Steelers, 19, the Vikings, 10, 10. So that does say 10, doesn't it? No, nope, that's an eight. That looks like a zero on my screen. <laughs> Must be user air. Uh, 18, the Seahawks, number 17, the Rams. The Rams are on a little bit of a tear lately. They beat the Browns. They had the... Ravens this close, this close to taking down the number one seed in the AFC. Jerry, does Matthew Stafford and the Rams, I mean, he was on your top 10 quarterback list. He was on Jason's top 10 quarterback list. They got Puka Makua. They got Cooper Cup. Looks like their offense has it together. Is their defense going to be good enough down the stretch to keep teams from beating them in shootouts? Uh, I think so. I apologize. I made a mistake earlier. They're not in the sixth seed. They are, in fact, in the eighth seed on the outside looking in. Um, but yeah, their defense, it's tough to say because they just gave up 37 points to the Ravens, right? But you look at that game. They're one punt return for a touchdown with a really, really bad missed uh, block in the back, by the way, on that punt return. I saw away. two. Yeah. The first one I saw where he catches it and he goes around him like immediately mm. as soon as he catches the ball. One of the worst misses I've ever seen. Um, very blatant block in the back. But they were in a position to win that game against the number one seed. Uh, AFC, the number one seed in the AFC Ravens. Um, that's why they moved up two spots in our power rankings this week. Uh, defense does got to step it up a little bit. Aaron Donald's kind of the anchor of that defense. He has been for a long time. Um, there's no doubt he's going to come together uh, with his team and, and play how he does, but the team around him's got to pull it together. I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't taken a look at their schedule. I don't know who they have left. I believe they have two division games left. No, just one against the 49ers. They actually have a pretty easy schedule. Uh, Commanders, Saints, Giants, 49ers. Uh, 49ers not so much, obviously. But, um, yeah, I mean, if they go 3-1 and one to end the season, uh, that's Watch a playoff out. team. That's a playoff team. 9-8? and eight? Yeah, I can see it. I can, I can see, see it. it too. And you got to watch out for an offense like that that could basically score at will. <clears throat> And they have a Super Bowl winning quarterback back there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, anything could happen 
once you make it to the dance. Now we're looking at our next level of teams. These are kind of the teams that are coming in and out of knocking on the door. They may be in, they may not be in. At number 16, we have the Buccaneers, 15, the Packers, 14, the Colts, 13, the Bengals, 12, the Texans, 11, the Bills, 10, the Jaguars, and number nine, the Broncos. The Bills at number 11, I've been watching a lot of other power rankings seem to have the Bills. I've seen them all the way up at five which to me is a little bit absurd if you have six losses on the season, but all the way up at five, some of them, some rankings have them. I think we are on the lower end here at 11, but the bills offense looks ready to go, Jason. And I really think that if their defense can kind of just figure it out a little bit, they look pretty good against the chiefs that they could, that they're a team that you wouldn't want to play in the playoffs. Am I right? I would agree. Um, Again, Josh Allen, to all of us here has been a top 10 quarterback and we believe that um, he is playing better than what the record shows. So you get that, you get the defense to figure out what they're doing um, and everybody falls in line. I think, I think they will be a dangerous team in the playoffs. Just don't start dating Von Miller. Okay. Top eight teams in the oh, yeah. NFL. <laughs> here we go. At number eight, we got the Lions. At number seven, the Browns. At number six, the Dolphins. Number five, the Chiefs. Number four, the Eagles. Number three, the Cowboys. Two, Ravens. Niners at number one. The Browns, they moved back up into this top eight section after a brief hiatus from their two losses to the Browns. I'm sorry, to the Rams and the Broncos. But they they find their way back into the top eight. Joe Flacco looks like prime Joe Flacco throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns for the first time. This is the first time I saw a stat that a quarterback has thrown three touchdowns of 30 or more yards in one game since what year? Guess. Say that stat one more time. I'm sorry. First time a quarterback has thrown at least three touchdowns of 30 or more yards in one game. Last year. Since mm. last year. What's your guess? Mm-mm. Jerry? 20... Last year. 2018. Moms. 2018. Baker Mayfield rookie year. <laughs> 1980. What? Ryan Sipen. Yes, Uh, who knows? But uh, (laughs) the Browns haven't had a quarterback do that since 1980, literally 43 years. Pretty incredible uh, performance from him. Our defense looked solid. We got three turnovers, four turnovers, I'm sorry, on Jacksonville, three interceptions on Trevor Lawrence. And I think that the depressing part is this week we've lost a season injury We've had a season-ending injury come out every single day. We lost Dewan Jones, our backup right tackle. We've lost Jed Wills, our starting left tackle. We've lost uh, Maurice Hurst, and we've lost Grant Delpit, who could make maybe come back in the playoffs. He just had surgery. So all of those guys out for the season, and potentially Obo Okoronkwo, who is uh, second on our team in sacks right now. So definitely uh, major losses. But what gives me hope is that we have had a next man up mentality all season. We're eight and five. We seem to have figured out the quarterback. And I think we'll start to get a couple players like Denzel Ward and Ethan Posick, our starting center back. I think we can make a run. And then up at number one, two, and three, 
So uh, the Ravens move up one, Cowboys move up four. Jerry, do the I think all of us had the Ravens at number two. What what keeps the Ravens above the Cowboys to you? Uh, yeah, I think yeah, our top three all were the same. Forty uh, Nineers, yes. Ravens, Cowboys. Um, and the Ravens have beaten a lot of good teams this year. Uh, they're playing. I mean, they're playing really good football. Even in some adversary adversity against the Rams this week, they were still able to pull it out. Um, they're just kind of one of those teams that's been that's been solid all year round, right? The Cowboys we were kind of iffy on because they hadn't beaten a good team. They hadn't really. This is the first team that they've beaten in the Eagles that were over 500 this year. So we were kind of on the fence a little bit, uh, but then they come out and, and just absolutely want the want the Eagles, right? So obviously that propels them up. But when you have a team like the Ravens, that's um, you know beating a lot of good teams week in and week out, number one seed in the AFC, uh, especially after this week with the Dolphins were holding it and then they had their debacle against the Titans. Um, it, it's just you, you got to keep you got to keep that team above them until they falter. And uh, that's how I'm seeing it, and that's that's why I got the Ravens ahead of the Cowboys. Yeah, it's definitely difficult to penalize a team even after they win, even watching the Cowboys have a massive win. But, uh, yes, Niners remain atop of our number one, uh, at our number one spot, and they don't look like they're looking back. These have been mm. our NFL power rankings. Um, if you have any issue with them, just know you're wrong. These are correct, and they will continue to be correct as we learn new things as the season progresses. Also, real quick, I just wanted to shout out my mom. She's typing in the chat right now. She's a huge Niners fan, so she loves to see the Niners at the top of the list. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brandy, well, we love you typing in the chat right now. Niners, number one. Just remember, the last time you went and saw the Niners, what happened? <laughs> Don't forget. She'll love that. I'm sure oh, she man. will. I'm sure she will. So uh, moving on to our uh, next segment, we got, again, uh, reoccurring, we're going to talk a little bit about Thursday Night Football. We got the Chargers at Raiders, two pretty bad teams right now. We're looking at AOC. The good one, though, uh, Aiden O'Connell facing, no off, <laughs> facing <laughs> off against the Chargers. Raiders three-and-a-half-point favorites. They really must think very poorly of the Chargers at this time. Uh, I'm not sure why the Raiders are favored. Jason, What I mean, is that who you'd favor in this matchup, even with two backups playing? No Keenan Allen. No, Justin Herbert. It's the Austin Eckler show. No, we're not taking the Raiders. They looked so bad on offense last last week. Three points? Are you kidding me? Three points is the only points that were scored, and they lost. So they had zero. No, zero. Literally a goose egg. Yeah. Literally a goose egg. Third team in the NFL to put up zero points this season. Pretty mm. incredible. Quite incredible to see them as favorites. Kind of a game that, again, another stinker for Thursday night. Probably a game at the beginning of the year everyone thought, okay, at least the Chargers will be in playoff contention at this point. They aren't. They don't have their starting quarterback. They don't have their best wide receiver. The 
Chargers are starting Aiden O'Connell. They still got Max Crosby, I guess, and you still got Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa to watch. But no, who am I missing in that? I think Joey Bosa's out. Is he out? I think he's out. That's how much yeah. I've been watching the Chargers this season. Not much at all because they're not very good. But what is good, even though we haven't won one yet, what is good is what's sitting right over Jason's shoulder right now. It's that moon. And that moon means a moonshot. And a moonshot bet means it's time for Jason's moonshot bet of the week. Jason, what do you got for us? Well, another Thursday, another bad game. So, you know, don't bet on this. This is what a smart person would say. No, Justin Herbert. No, no, Justin Herbert. Josh Jacobs is questionable. What are we doing betting on this game? Well, you know what? We're here to win some money. That's for. And you know what? Moonshot bet of the week. Odds are 8,558. Is that higher than last week? Someone, someone tell me. Is that higher than last week? That's higher sure than last is. week. Oh, man. We didn't hit last week, so we just keep going higher. Absolutely. We're, 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 we're regressing. All right. To my DJs, to my fans, to all the people that are out there watching and want to make some money. This is what we got this week. This is going to be an Austin Eckler show. Um, this is going to be a four-plus reception Austin Eckler show. We're going to get 40-plus rushing yards from Austin Eckler, and we're also going to hit his line at 20 over receiving any time touchdown. I almost went crazy and went first time touchdown. But we're just going to keep it a little chill with that 8,000. You know, we can't go to 10,000. That'd just be crazy. That'd just be wild. Um, we're going to do Austin Eckler anytime touchdown. Um, again, players, quarterback, backup quarterbacks hurt. Who's the safe option on that team? Um, questionable tight end. So they're going to be throwing the ball to Austin Eckler. He's going to get his receiving yards. He's definitely going to get four plus receptions, something I believe he hit in the last five games. Um, 40 rushing yards, easy cake. Devontae Adams, 40 plus receiving yards, five plus receptions. He has averaged, I want to say, at least at least seven receptions in the last like games. I think there's one game where he had six, but five receptions, drop it down a little bit, easy hit. 40 plus receiving yards. You get five receptions to Devontae Adams. He's going to get 40 yards. Aiden O'Connell. There might have been a report that he might not even be the starting this week. Not going to happen. Let me tell you why. The Raiders rallied behind Aiden O'Connell. They didn't, they didn't like the coach. They didn't like the quarterback that was playing. They rallied behind Aiden O'Connell. The players wanted Aiden O'Connell. The players are still going to want Aiden O'Connell to lead them. Even if they get zero points. He's going to get at least one t- passing touchdown. Hunter Renfro, two receptions, easy. Slot receiver, dump him off, quick plays. Jacoby Myers, 25-plus yards, something he's hit in the last five games as well. Aiden O'Connell, over one-and-a-half rushing yards. Aiden O'Connell, the quarterback that can't run over one-and-a-half rushing yards? Listen, he's got at least two yards in I want to, uh, one, two, three, five games this year. One of those games, guess where he got three yards? Where? 
against the Chargers. One and a half, easy hit. Um, I think last week Ryan had a little sticky note, and you know what it said on it? Check. All right. <clears throat> Aiden Connell um, and Easton, I believe this is going to be a a do-or-die situation for obviously both teams. I mean, I mean uh, they're not, not going to make the playoffs, let's just be honest. But these teams have solid rosters. I believe that they're going to want to still be aggressive. I mean, last week, Raiders get zero. They're going to be a little bit more creative in the passing game. Aiden O'Connell is going to get over 194 and a half yards. Easton Stick, without 17 attempts that Justin Herbert got, had about 175 yards last week. He's going to get 190 and a half. Easy money. Check. You see that? Oh, yeah. You mean like this? After this week, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be like, bring me my thing music. You know what I'm saying? We're going to hit this week to the moon. Taking the over for both quarterbacks in this game is wild, man. One would have to be crazy. I'm here for it. It's going to hit. If something doesn't hit, it's going to be the Aiden O'Connor rushing yards. Like, come on, let's be honest here. (laughs) Yeah, that should be the easiest set out of all. No. (laughs) The man has literally, again, two yards, two yards, three yards, two yards. Like, it's. Hey, that's over one and a half. That's easy. Easy. But we're going to get it. We're going to get it. I'm telling you. Just trust me this time. All right? We haven't hit before. We're going to hit again. And if we don't, Maybe I call their number next week. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they say trust is built on relationship, and based on our previous relationship, you've lied to us, but this is called a toxic relationship, and we are hitting. Let's go. This has been Jason's Moonshot Beck. We're 0-5. We're about to be 1-5. and Some of Sunday's matchups. We got some good ones coming up Sunday. Before we're going to talk about today, uh, first up on Saturday, the two Saturday, we got three Saturday Saturday games this week. Uh, Two of the games we're going to talk about are on Saturday, so make sure to tune in for those. First one, Steelers at Colts. Colts minus two and a half at home against the Steelers. Steelers and Colts both at seven and six, but the Steelers coming off of back-to-back losses to two win teams. Colts Um, coming off of a massive loss. Big loss to the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Jerry, what do you feel is going to happen in this game? It's kind of, again, another battle between backup quarterbacks. Um, you know, the Colts offense, other than last week, has been pretty good. What do you see happening in this one? Yeah, I mean, if you look at this game, you got both teams sitting at 7-6. and six. Um, kind of a must win for both teams, if we're being honest here, with how tight that AFC playoff race is. Uh, it's no surprise to me to see the Colts at uh, two and a half point favorites. I think they stick with that line. I think they do cover it um, and pull out the game. I think the Steelers are just too bad on offense. Mr. Trubisky is not going to be the guy to get it done. Uh, and you alluded to it earlier. The receivers just look completely discombobulated, disinterested, uh, Just, just don't want to be there. Um, Michael Pittman Jr. is having a heck of a season, um, a- absolutely his breakout season. And Gardner Minshew has has come in and really led the boys to a nice, uh, you know, a really nice performance. Um, unfortunate loss to the Bengals last week, uh, but I think they bounce back at home this week against the Steelers and pull it out uh, Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I, I will both agree and hope 
for that outcome, considering we have a win over the Colts, and I hate the Steelers. So definitely rooting for the Colts to take them down uh, and continue their tanking for the rest of the season. I hope they end terribly. Moving on to the second Saturday, second of the three Saturday games, the last of the Saturday games, we have the Broncos, Jerry's Broncos, taking on the Lions. Largest line for the Saturday games, Lions four-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Broncos, who have looked really good lately. They, again, starting one and five, they now are seven and six. The Lions coming off of two back-to-back very poor performances. Uh, still favored. How do you feel about this one, and what do you think the outcome is going to be, Jerry? Nobody believes in the Broncos still. After the last six weeks, going five and one, or sorry, six and one, the last seven weeks, going six and one in the last seven weeks, no one wants to believe in the Broncos. Against the Lions, I kind of understand. The Lions are the kind of team that can really force the Broncos into bad situations. Um, Jared Goff in that offense is very, very explosive. They can score at will if Jared Goff doesn't turn the ball over. You know what Denver does best? They force guys to turn the ball over. So if Denver can force some turnovers like they have uh, during the stretch um, and Russell Wilson can hold on to the ball and play play a good game just taking care of business, um, you know, maybe another moonshot to Cortland Sutton over the top. We love, oh, that pass was so beautiful in the catch. Oh my god! Uh, but yeah, if we can if we can hold on to the ball, not uh, commit any turnovers, and force the ball out of Jared Goff's hands, maybe into Jaquan McMillan's hands, maybe into PS2's hands, I think we can pull it out. What's nice too is like Russell Wilson is starting to look like old Russell Wilson. That mm-hmm. throw to Cortland Sutton, while a beautiful pass. Also made the defender look very silly. Thought he was going to rush outside, and he just runs like straight up into the pocket, and guy just totally whiffs on him. Mm-hmm. It was a pretty unbelievable play from Russ. Moving on to the Sunday games. Uh, in that afternoon window, we have Cowboys at Bills. Bills in a little bit of a tough set of games here. They are favored. Favored? At home against the Cowboys, who are red hot right now. Jason, why are the Bills favored? The Bills are favored probably because of Josh Allen. Um, Other than that, I do not see why you could have them favored over the Cowboys. Um, They do not cover that line. The Cowboys win this game. Um, Dak has been too hot for them to lose this game. I don't see why they would be in favor in this game, to be honest with you. Yeah, one thing Fair enough, fair enough. One thing to look at, the over-under set at 50.5 points. That may not be enough with as good yeah. as these offenses mm-hmm. can be. That may not be enough. Honestly, the <laughs> with the Bills banged up as they are, the Cowboys might just score 50 points themselves. So uh, that'll be one to maybe hit the over on, I would say. That's going to be a that fun takes- game to watch. This is going to be a very fun game to watch. Yeah. Very fun game to watch. But another great game. Another fantastic game, one in the AFC with a lot of playoff implications. On Sunday night football, we have the Ravens traveling to Jacksonville to take on the Jaguars. Ravens, three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Jason, what about this Jaguars team? Do you think they're the type of team that's going to really come together, bounce back after back-to-back losses, even though they got the number one seed in the AFC coming into town? Absolutely. Um while we do have the number one seed, it's still a tight ship. I mean, the Colts could even end up being the number one seed if we don't start to win games. Um, if you remember last year, the Jags 
were in a bad strut and then towards the end of the season turned it around i think doug peterson is able to do that a little disappointment on the play calling lately i think we'll get the ball to travis Etienne a little bit more a little bit more creative um and i think we'll be able to win this game um they don't have david and joker so you know we're good all right we're we're good this week <laughs> good point good point the ravens do not have david and but they do have zay flowers you know uh, you have to like Zay Flowers. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I thought I'd do a little Miley, try to connect with the audience a little bit. But those are the games this upcoming weekend. It should be another fantastic week of fo- football, a lot of good matchups, and it'll be interesting to see where it shakes out. Uh, you know, We're in this mode where we're like, okay, if we just win this game and they lose this game and they win yeah. this one and then and then we win this one but they lose this one by this much, then we're going to make the playoffs, but we could get the home and then they the division. And, and that's literally what all of us have been doing this entire yeah. week. I have looked at like 50 bronze scenarios what could happen it's the best time for football that's why they say it's the most wonderful time of the year i don't know anything else why or any other reason why they would say that around this time couldn't be christmas no definitely oh yeah that's religious we try and separate stay separate from my favorite christmas gift is football hey isn't that Absolutely right. So this has been our games on Sunday. We're going to continue also with our fantasy stardom set We'll go ahead and start with Jerry this week. Jerry, who is your stardom and who is your set Uh My stardom is backup running back for the LA Chargers, Joshua Kelly. With Easton Stick starting and... Right before we came on the air, I found out from my uh, my good friend Jason sitting next to me about two hours away in Columbus um, that Keenan Allen is also not playing this week. So they are going to lean on the run game very heavily, very heavily this week. And uh, Brandon Staley has already said that Austin Eckler is going to be um, kind of giving up the rock a little bit. He said that Austin Eckler really hasn't performed, which he hasn't. He's he's honestly looked very slow, kind of getting a little older now. Um, but they're going to start splitting time with him and Josh Kelly a little more, so it's even more of a reason to start Josh Kelly. And in this season, earlier in the season, when Austin Eckler was out with his injury, uh, Josh Kelly was averaging about 3.6 yards per carry and had a game against the Chiefs where he wasn't the premier back, but he was able to bust off seven carries for 75 yards and a touchdown. He is my stardom for the week. Um, yeah, I mean, when you when you have the starting uh, running back who's going to be splitting time and you have a backup quarterback in, I think it's a pretty pretty good option to have um, – the, the second back for that team, maybe in your flex spot. If you're really down bad, you could put him in the RB2 slot. Um, but that's only in dire circumstances, of course. My sit kind of a surprise uh, to my co-hosts this week. DK Metcalf, wide receiver for the Seattle Seahawks. The Eagles are in must-win territory if they want to get that number one seed or even win their division. They have to win out. Because the Cowboys are kind of getting through their stretch, they've they've really put it together, and now they're the uh, 
they're the leader in that division. I know you said earlier if the Eagles went out and the Cowboys went out, Eagles get it. Even more of a reason for the Eagles to uh, to turn the ship around and win out. Why am I talking about the Eagles when DK Metcalf is my sit Well, that's, that's who they're playing this week because it's the Seattle Seahawks. So that Eagles defense, Darius Slade and Bradbury have got to turn it around. They have got to shut it down on the edges, and I think this is the week they do it. DK Metcalf obviously thrown out last week against the 49ers. Fred Warner got under his skin. DK Metcalf takes him by the face mask, kind of throws him on the ground, gets ejected. Darius Slay and Bradbury are also very good at agitating wide receivers. DK is going to be that easily frustrated. He might get thrown out again. Last week he only had two catches on five targets. I'm looking for another uh, not – I mean, he had two catches for 50-something yards and a touchdown. Don't get me wrong. Not bad. But, you know, from a guy like DK Metcalf, you're expecting seven, eight catches a game um, minimum. So my my reasoning is that the Eagles got to turn, turn it around, and I think this is the week that they do it. Okay. Interesting, interesting. Go I got to say, say it. I'm sorry. Don't listen to the man that told me Ezekiel Elliott last week. All right. <laughs> that is the worst pass defense in the league. Start DK Metcalf. I'm sorry. I also own DK Metcalf, so maybe I'm a little biased, but no. Eh. Well, when you when you lose your fantasy game this week, don't come crying to me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Wow, some tension on the unnamed <laughs> sports show this week. <laughs> Moving on, Jason. Give us your start and sit em for the week. My start is someone I personally watch my team get beat by live. All right. Start David Njoku. Um, watch live again. He's the one that is a favorite in, the, in these targets, um, especially with Flacco at the helm. Um, they use a lot of play action. He's always open in those plays, and he's very athletic and gifted to make plays after the catch. He had six catches, 91 yards touchdowns and eight total targets um has averaged nine and a half targets in the last five weeks six being the lowest 15 being the highest he is the guy that gets the targets on this offense joe flacco and him connect very well my situm do not play any raiders running back this week you saw what happened last week they don't have an offense right now they had a total each out of three running backs they had a total of 16 carries not good. Not good at all. You need, at bare minimum, to be a balanced team. At bare minimum, 20. That's four less. Um, if jo- Josh Jacobs has a groin injury, if he does not play, White and Abdullah will split the carries. And again, they're not getting that many carries to split from. So, do not start our Raiders running back this week. It is not safe. It is not safe. To round out the ship here, I'll go ahead and give you my stardom sit-em. Uh, my stardom, Odell Beckham Jr. All right, he's really kind of come on the last half of this season. Two weeks ago was his best game, but last week he had a great game, scored 20 points. Um, not 20 points in the game, but 20 fantasy points. Uh, he likely has been sitting between that flex to that bench spot. You know, he's that kind of that fringe guy. Stardom this week. Okay, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars secondary is banged up, and they've been giving up a lot of yards. They take the ball away a lot, but they give up a lot of yards. And without Mark Andrews, Odell has really solidified himself as that number two behind, say, Flowers. One guy to sit this week, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker still coming off of an injury. He's not someone that has... Uh, 
seems to have exploded since he's come back from the injury. He did not have a good week last week, and they're about to go up against the Philadelphia Eagles, who have a, a top-five rush defense in the NFL. You do not want Kenneth Walker to be starting this week. He will likely get stuffed by the likes of Fletcher Cox and Jalen Carter. That's my stardom sit em. This has been collectively our stardom sit em. I will say, Jerry said uh, start is, or sit Ezekiel Elliott last week. He had a great week. I said to – Yeah, it was a fantastic week for him. I can't say anything, though, because last week I said, hey, make sure to sit the Jets' defense, and they came out and balled out against the Texans. So all of us get them right. All of us get them wrong. Don't take this. But it shows you how dumb we are on the show. You can't yeah, take anything I, we say. We're over hold five hold minutes hold hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. My stardom said it didn't get a part. Nah, 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 nah. Bro, your stardom got get a Justin lucky Fields touchdown. in your top 10 quarterbacks. Get out of here. <laughs> your stardom got a lucky no false start call on a touchdown where we had no pressure. Right? I like, don't want to hear it. It's only illegal. If it gets called, baby. Yeah, well, it still was a bunch of BS. But that wraps up our NFL talk for today. Uh, this has been, obviously, our longest talk on the NFL this season, but a lot of that has to do with the fact there's not a lot of college football to talk about right now, and there's not a ton of other things going on in major sports, so we extended that a little bit. But thank you for sticking around for the NFL. Switching gears. Uh, we'll start talking a little bit about <laughs> college football here. Um, the only Sorry. major thing to talk about uh, from this uh, last weekend, the Heisman was officially announced. The three of us all had bets on Michael Penix Jr. He should have won, but congratulations to Jaden Daniels from LSU. Uh, big, The big Heisman winner. I mean, his stats are undeniable. He's been fantastic all year. Jason, I know we're disappointed about Michael Penix Jr. not winning, but a pretty incredible win and story from Jaden Daniels this year. Agreed. Um, the only reason we, me personally, we put this bet in, I think, is because previously Heisman winner had to also have a team that was. Um, that being said, if this is how they do it from here on, I'm not going to be mad at it. It probably should have been this way again. You heard me last week. Christian McCaffrey probably should have a Heisman. CJ Stroud should probably have an Heisman. But it doesn't happen. So we move on. We move on. We move on, but what a great weekend. Jerry, I know we got some lingering disappointments, but at the end of the day, Jane Daniels did have the best season as a quarterback, right? Yeah, I mean, statistically, he did have the best season, even if they were a three-loss team, not a conference champion, not even playing for a conference championship. Whatever. Now, congrats, Jaden Daniels. I do. I. I mean, personally, I like Jaden Daniels a lot. I think he's fought through a lot of adversity, um, and really come back and played really well for LSU. Uh, unfortunately, you know his defense kind of stunk this year, um, and that was honestly why they had three losses. It was not really his fault. Um, the guy's gonna be something special uh, when he goes to the NFL. He's uh, he's definitely a dynamic player. Um, yeah, good to see. Congratulations. Very true. And he's the type of player that you highlight when you want to talk about transfer portal. Mm. He came from Arizona State. Is that right, Jason? Arizona State. Correct. Yep. Is that right? Correct. He came from Arizona State after having a 
not that great of a season. He had a lot of teammates turn on him too. It was kind of a bad scene. Actually, and I saw totally, the video. Yeah. Of them like throwing this stuff out the locker. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was, I did. I did not see that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it was, it was terrible. And to totally man. turn it around. He has a coach that believes in him. He has a team that believes him, and he comes out and wins the Heisman Trophy. A very incredible story, and again gives merit to the idea of allowing uh, transfer transfer portal and why that is so important in college football. Mm -hmm. uh, wrapping up college football, moving on, we have the MLS, the Columbus Crew. Go crew! Let's go. Let's go. All of us are from the Columbus area. We watched the entire game. Uh, as you can tell, we are major avid fans of the MLS. I've watched a total I've of four games this season, game. and I believe they combine for two games if each one watching one counts as one. I watched so, 90 minutes. <laughs> 90, 90 minutes of, of football, <laughs> as the Europeans say, but we are in America, so we call it soccer. And – it was actually a really fun game to watch, you know, as, as little as I know about uh, the rest of the teams in the MLS. I do know a little bit about the Columbus crew, but we dominated from the front mm -hmm. end to the back end that entire game. We held we had set the ball 70 percent of the game. We went up two nil pretty quickly, uh, one off of a fantastic uh, PK from Cucho, who uh, Jason won how much money? Good, Twenty-five dollars. Oh yeah, Woo. off of uh, first goal score, uh, bet that he placed right as the game was kicking off, and then uh, the second goal was by Yaboa, who has not scored a postseason. <laughs> yeah, Yaboy, uh, Yaboa, who has not scored a postseason goal this entire year ever in his career, actually, and he comes out and he scores uh, in the MLS Cup Championship. A pretty fantastic game. We gave up one goal down the stretch, actually off of a save, bounced off our goalie's face, kicks it in to get it to 2-1, and it was uh, a very stressful end of the match. But at the end of the day, the Columbus crew come away victorious in Columbus. It is pretty amazing to see happen. Did you uh, Did you guys get the opportunity to go to the parade in Columbus? No, I, I've been working, ah. unfortunately. This oh. thing called a job... Uh, oh, not able sucks. not able to make it but hopefully it was as fun and rowdy as any other parade it was kind of cool too the owner of the columbus crew is the same owner the haslams of the cleveland browns so they did a big uh they showed at halftime and at the beginning of the game i believe uh mm -hmm. they took credit to, or they took time out to give credit to the columbus crew for winning uh the mls cup which is pretty pretty cool to see uh, next up, we got the NBA. Lakers win in-season tournament. Jerry, I mean, all I know, I don't know anything. I don't know anything about the NBA right now other than I said weeks ago, I said, watch out. Is LeBron James still playing? Oh, he is? Is he still playing for the Lakers? Oh, he does? Lakers are winning. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty easy to go go out there and, uh, and just – Pick the best player to to win the NBA in season tournament. Hey, oh, it paid off. Me it takes more guts to pick teams that don't have the best player. I think that's just stupid. Hey, I, at the end of the day, you were right. LeBron James has still got it. You know who also got it? Freaking hey, Anthony he. Davis. He had forty-one points and twenty rebounds. I think in the championship game. 
just absolutely dominating uh, on the boards and, and in the paint. Um, yeah, I mean, the Lakers still got it. They, we knew they had it. They were in the Western Conference Finals last year against the uh, against the Nuggets. When you have LeBron James on your team, you got D'Lo, you got Austin Reeves. Anything can happen on any given night. Um, they went undefeated in group play, obviously won both games against the Suns and the Pelicans, and finally came in to play the Pacers uh, in Vegas in the finals there. And, uh, yeah, took home the championship. I think they're, I think they're raising a banner for it, so that'll be – That'll be interesting to see NBA in season tournament champion. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. That is that is odd, but I will say it seems to have gotten the best out of the players. Uh I think it was Kevin Durant, Jason, yep. is that right? That right. came out and said that uh it felt like a playoff feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, I think every player was out there playing as hard as they can. I mean, you look at the Pacers or sorry, yes, the Pacers. Um they're a team that doesn't have that many high-played players. They were out there playing, and that's why they got to the championship. I mean, everybody on the Lakers were out there playing hard. You saw the, I mean, Austin Reeves sometimes can't even get into the into the stadium without saying, "Oh." I was <laughs> twenty-eight. Um, I think you got a lot of hustle and heart from those games out of those players. It was definitely a good idea. Good yeah. idea for it. If you watch the game between the Pacers and the Bucks when the Pacers um in the semifinal match when the Pacers were battling back, the way that bench was just going insane with every bucket was awesome. It was so awesome to watch. It really felt like a playoff atmosphere. Yeah, I think the only thing and everyone in the whole world's agreement on this, the only thing that changed is those ugly, ugly courts they were playing on. Mm-hmm. But overall, I think uh it was very smart of the NBA. You know, I was skeptical at first, but it was very smart of the NBA to have something like this, especially at this time of the year, to garner some interest, to get people to watch, to get that atmosphere, to get that energy. Now everything's going to kind of gear back towards the NFL, but we already kind of have that taste. We're probably going to be paying attention just a little bit more. We're going to be watching our teams and our players just a little bit more, and it's going to be really fun when it comes to be January, February, and we're getting towards the middle and back <laughs> into the NBA season, and uh, we'll see who kind of asserts themselves at the top of the league. So very smart on the NBA, very cool, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's nice being right every once in a while. So. <laughs> You remember the last time you said that, right? <laughs> hey, I do. But guess what? Lakers won, so I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> Shifting gears for the last time. Last sport we're going to talk about and the sport we have not covered yet on this channel. And, you know, we're all going to have to do a lot of research if we're going to start covering it a lot more. But a very uh, crazy and intriguing story happened in the last week. Uh Shohei Otani signs a 10-year, $700 million deal, the largest deal in sports history, largest deal ever to go play for the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Correct. Huh? See? <laughs> yeah. Correct. Correct. I know. Correct. I know. I know baseball guy, huh? <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah. Watch out. Watch out. But, uh, Jerry, what does this mean for the sport of baseball? Tell me about how the contract's structured and – are the Dodgers going to be able to win, or are the Angels now going to get good that they got rid of their baggage of Shohei Otani? Yeah, it's a real shame when you got guys like Shohei Otani and Mike Trout on your team. Literally, the 
like arguably the two best players in baseball right now, and you still can't make the freaking playoffs. Um, but I mean, the Dodgers were already good going into this, right? They won the won the World Series um, twenty twenty, I want to say twenty twenty one, maybe. Nobody counts that. Hey, a ship is a ship. Lakers did it too, so apparently their ship doesn't count. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dodgers yes. were already good. This uh, this contract is very interesting, though. I think. It might be the smartest contract on both sides uh, that's ever been done. So twenty million dollars of the actual seven hundred million dollars that the contract is worth is going to get paid out over the first two or first ten years. So Shohei Otani will make two million dollars per year for the first ten years, and then six hundred eighty million dollars. What what is left of the contract is paid out over the ten years after that. So he's going to be making $68 million per year from 2034 until 2043, I believe, or 2035 to 2044, something like that. When I, I just don't understand how a contract like this is even able to happen and how they can get around. I mean, they don't have a salary cap in baseball. It's just how how are they able to do that? Um, I, I just, I, I, I'm like baffled by it because I've never seen anything like that happen. I know the Mets kind of did something a little similar with uh, Bobby Vanilla back in the day. Um, but he was only making 1 million per year for like 30 years or something like that. It wasn't $68 million a year. I think he's going to be making every 20 innings that he pitches. He's going to be making a million dollars. That is absurd. <laughs> Um, now, does yeah. that mean? So let's say after the ten years, can he go sign with another team? And let's say he's still putting up fantastic numbers. He's still one of the premier players in the league in ten years. He signs a five-year, you know, two hundred million dollar contract, whatever, hundred million dollar contract, whatever it ends up being. Does that mean he would be making sixty-eight million and beyond the Dodgers' salary cap at sixty-eight million dollars? As well as like a $20 million cap hit to whatever team he's playing for at that point? Uh, I believe so. I'd have to do some more research on that. But I believe whatever, you know, he is he is contracted with the Dodgers for 10 years. So if he is traded, which I don't know who <laughs> who would trade for him after eight years, knowing you have a $680 million cap hit coming. Uh, but if he is traded within the span of that contract and that contract is traded to another team, then I believe that team will, you know, be liable to pay him. But if he completes his uh, entire 10-year tenure with um with the Dodgers, after that 10 years, I believe he is able to go sign with another team and make another contract. Or like make, you know, more on another contract, which is just absurd. A dude is dude is set for life. Uh him, his kids, his grandkids, great-grandkids, everybody. That the contract is insane. From what I read, I don't know how official that was at the time when it first came out. Um, but I believe that 68 million comes after he retires. So I'm not a hundred percent sure mm. if you like, if he's able to sign with a different team afterwards, but I don't believe that 68 million is offered to him till he, after he retires. Okay. I thought it was just till the end of the contract. What I read, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but that's what I believe. I'm, Again, definitely have to do some more research on that. But, but it, regardless, it's, it's also very smart that. because he is—he's had some really bad injuries over the past couple of years, so he's very injury prone. Um, 
obviously they still owe him the six hundred eighty million dollars at the end of the uh, you know at the end of the contract, but you're only paying him two million dollars per year. What if he gets hurt? No big deal. Now maybe you can ship him off later for a team that's you know kind of looking for somebody like Otani to get them into the playoffs and maybe win a World Series. I think I think the smartest thing about it is now they can go attack in the free agency and go get better players around him. So mm-hmm. now you don't only have to have two good guys; you can have multiple. Also, for him himself, he's only paying two million of that in taxes. Now, after that ten years is up, he can go wherever he wants in California tax. So, like, yeah. he's saving himself a lot of money as well. No, 100%. What, what is confusing to me, though, is at some point that has to count against your salary cap. And I don't know why you would, you, you're, you're borrowing from the future to pay now. It's like you're. Baseball doesn't have a salary cap. I understand that, but it still hits against your. You still have to pay $68 million to a player every year. I just, it doesn't. I mean, I the, the Dodgers. So the Dodgers have been in win now mode for the last five years. I want to say seven years, something like that. So it gives them that edge, you know, to get over the top, get over the hump, and go for a World Series, which is, you know, ultimately what you're playing for at the end of the uh, at the end of the day. Why not? Yeah. Why not go spend a little bit of money now, pay it off in the future, uh, and win win some championships. I suppose, but it just seems to. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's good for Otani to get that contract. That's that's amazing. I'm quite, you know, I I definitely support the players going getting the bag. Good for him, but I just that's that's just a wild concept to me. I I, I guess uh, yeah, it's crazy. I'm so used to NFL contracts that it's just like this doesn't make a lot of sense. But hey, if the Dodgers win two world series in the next 10 years it's 100 percent worth it so hear me out one it's honestly hear me out if we could refer this contract to anything close to in the nfl it's your quarterback service that's the closest <laughs> thing we have to it so honestly obviously yeah. it's on a different level but like yeah it's pretty much the same like same idea same concept yeah but it's not though we pay him every single year right but it was not- back loaded Correct. Well, not originally. Yeah, they, they restructured, restructured it. it so that they could pay off, pay out a couple players. But even at the max, he's he's getting paid sixty eight million dollars in one year max for one year, and then it goes right. back down. So you're not talking about ten years being paid sixty eight million dollars. Like that's crazy. I mean, if you put it this way, think about the Browns where they're at. Obviously, a very good team with a quarterback could probably be playing for a Super Bowl, correct? Like with a defense like that, the weapons they have. Why 100%. wouldn't you want to go get a guy like Patrick Mahomes if you have the option to pay him a little bit of money now and then defer it into the future and win a couple because, championships? I, I don't have a problem with the basic concept, but you're talking about numbers of more than any NFL quarterback right now getting paid every single year for 10 years after he's done playing. That's the part to me that's like, Okay, if you're backloading it to like, okay, I'm screwing myself in four years because I got to pay all of his money then. Okay, I get that. You go, okay, we throw our hands up the one year. We don't have anybody else on the team. Fine. But you're talking about 10 years of paying max quarterback contracts to a guy not playing for your team. That, to me, doesn't make 
a whole lot of sense, but I'm not an MLB uh, savant. I don't uh, GM any teams. And again, if they win some World Series here, it's 100% worth it. And, and Otani is a fantastic player. He's really one of one as far as being able to pitch and hit. So uh, good for the Dodgers, good for Otani, and, and we'll see where it goes. Yep. And uh, I, baseball with their rules are just they're so weird because they have they have a trade deadline, but, but then they still trade players after the trade deadline. I don't even how does that work? Who knows? Something we probably should do research on before yeah. we start talking about it on our sports mm. podcast. <laughs> things we don't know. It's going to be but, a long summer. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, but uh, that'll wrap up our talk on the MLB and on sports today. Thanks for joining us. This has been our longest episode, but it's been a lot of fun. Got a lot of heat going on today. And uh, of course you saw the greatest power rankings that exist. So, uh, you know, be sure to take a look at that, memorize it, know it, and know that it'll probably change next week. Thank you guys for everyone for joining us. Make sure to like, subscribe, comment, follow us on social media at unnamed sports S on Twitter, on Instagram and on TikTok. And uh, be sure to join us next week, live seven o'clock on Wednesday. And we'll see you then. Peace out. Later.